This is the Depth and Light Podcast. I'm J.D. Pirtle. Schools are founded for a lot of different reasons. Often groups of educators or parents, or a combination of the two, come together to build a school around a certain need. The reason can be as simple as geography. Perhaps an area has grown to need more schools to support a growing population. Or parents and caregivers have a shared desire to expose their children to a certain educational model or doctrine. But sometimes a single event or moment acts as a catalyst that propels someone down a path that eventually leads to founding a school. Ryan Banks Academy was an idea that founder Valerie Growth nurtured for years, but a single event became the catalyst. Ryan Banks was a 12-year-old boy who was described as enthusiastic, full of life, and curious. He loved to make others laugh. Ryan was a 7th grader at New Sullivan Elementary School and lived in an often unsafe South Chicago neighborhood called The Bush. On May 19th, 2012, Ryan Banks was shot and killed as he was caught in gunfire in front of his home. Valerie Groth was a social worker in Chicago public schools at the time, and Ryan was one of 900 kids in her caseload. Valerie channeled her grief from Ryan's tragic death into a mission to build Chicago's first urban boarding school. It would take six years of traveling, fundraising, building a board of trustees, and innumerable conversations with potential stakeholders, but Ryan Banks Academy finally opened its doors in the fall of 2018. I first met Valerie in 2017 when she visited the school where I was teaching. After giving her a tour of the makerspace I ran there, I had a chance to hear about her story and her mission. That conversation really stuck with me, and a few months later I reached out. Like many people who have met Valerie and have heard her story, I was compelled to offer help however I could. Most independent schools cover operating costs in two ways, through tuition and philanthropy. Ryan Banks Academy is entirely tuition-free. Students may attend at no cost to them or their families. This means that the school relies entirely on grants and philanthropy to operate. I sat down with Valerie to talk about Ryan and the founding of Ryan Banks Academy. So how did you know Ryan? Yeah, well, I guess kind of backing up a little further, um, you know, I worked in the schools for a long time and I had gotten really frustrated because I was seeing so many students falling through the cracks to um, kind of because of challenges outside of school. Mm. And it was homelessness, it was poverty, it was violence. And I was already kind of at my wit's end thinking, these are great kids. We are losing far too many kids. This shouldn't be happening. Um, So I was already kind of at the point of of being really frustrated and looking for an alternative. Um, But then Ryan was killed. Um, Ryan was a student who was 
uh, on my caseload. We worked really closely together. He was mm-hmm. an incredible kid. He was in seventh grade, um, was like inquisitive and creative and funny, um, like really lively and just like super spirited and was always one of my favorite kids to work with. Um, And he was shot and killed. Ryan was sitting on the front steps of his house playing with his younger brother and he was the victim of a drive-by shooting. Mm -hmm. And so after he died, it sounds like you kind of turned your grief into action. Um, and and that, that path has led to Ryan Banks Academy. And I wonder if you could just describe kind of um, the path from his death to kind of making the decision to found the school. Yeah. So I had, I had really had the idea long before Ryan was killed. In fact, even after my first year working as an intern in CPS when I was still going to grad school, I wrote my kind of final paper on a boarding school for Chicago because I just saw immediately this solution is not working for a lot of kids. And the current school system does work for some students. Um, I'm not pointing any fingers at the, the school system because it's not designed to really address those extra challenges. So it helps, you know, kind of those middle tier kids where school is enough. Um, mm-hmm. And we have a lot of great solutions for kids who are gifted, um, kids who can go to selective enrollment schools, for example. Um, we also have schools outside of Chicago. There's the um, IMSA, the Illinois Math and Science Academy, which is a boarding school out in the western suburbs for um, gifted students from across the state that live there. Mm-hmm. But we really don't have those options for kids who just need so much more. And for students who are homeless, have challenges uh, in their home environment, sometimes abuse or neglect, um, the just implications of living in poverty, those challenges and that trauma really impedes a child's ability to learn in school. And so as of the, you know, the moment we're recording this talk or this interview, um, the school's been open for a year and a half. You guys have a seventh and eighth grade. And I'm just wondering, like, kind of if you could describe, like, where the school is currently and kind of maybe what's next um, in your guys' plans. Um, So, you know, right now we're still kind of in that startup, small, new phase. Uh, We, you know, we're kind of in this, you know, renting from a church kind of phase that a lot of schools go through. Um, So we don't have our own home. We're hoping to move to our own facility soon. Um, And we really want to grow. We are small by design right now so that we can really focus on our kids and making an amazing, uh, exceptional model kind of from an academic and social-emotional learning standpoint. Mm -hmm. But our goal is to grow and to scale and to, you know, ideally we'd love for um, this building to be just one of many. Um, We would love to be at capacity in the next four years to really serve a few hundred kids as a boarding school. Um, But we believe there need to be multiple schools like this. And talking to people far more uh, experienced even than myself, people like Arnie Duncan, who, you know, Arnie held the the highest educational position um, in the country as Mm -hmm when he worked uh, under the former president, um, you know, he's mentioned that there need to be 10 schools like this because we have so many kids who are homeless and trauma exposed. So we are still in this phase now of we're a day school and hopefully transitioning as soon as possible to becoming a boarding school um, because our families are asking for it. Our kids are asking for it. They want us to Mm -hmm. become a boarding school as soon as possible. 
So uh, what, what challenges do you guys face as far as, I mean, it sounds like there's many different stages that you're thinking of, like long-term, and you kind of reference like this idea that it's like a framework or a satellite and a, a network of schools um, all sharing the same model. But then what are the challenges, I mean, from going from like a day school to a residential program yeah. right now? We know really everything comes down to funding and to give you a little bit of the backstory of like what is the infrastructure of the funding model. So we are in a really unique position in that we are not a part of the school system uh, here in Chicago. Um, and that really kind of comes down to the fact that um, our school system has just had a budget crisis over the past few years um, and mm -hmm. a lot of tough challenges that, that it's dealing with. And so there really have not been new schools opening at that time. So we knew that was the case. Um, we knew that we couldn't be getting public funding at that time. So we opened as an independent school. And that's been beautiful for so many reasons uh, because we have so much flexibility, so much autonomy when it comes to designing a curriculum that really um, is extremely innovative, um, meets our kids um, where they are, um, takes them to places they couldn't go in traditional schools. But on the other hand, we are fully funding the school. So people who have founded charter schools, for example, in that setting, you are responsible for um, getting funding for a building. And kind of if you want beyond that per pupil, you're responsible for that. But they're getting, you know, a solid amount of money Per child, and we don't get any of that from a public source. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 just a, a lot of financial barriers. So one thing that we're going through right now is we we are really confident that this you know to be successful this needs to be a partnership. It needs to be um, a collaboration between the city, the state, and our private supporters. So we are really hopeful the times have changed in terms of the politics at the city level, at the state level. Um, mm -hmm. We have a new mayor, a new governor. We're really excited and encouraged by those conversations and hopeful that within the next year or two years, um, we will have more of that public funding to be able to support the private endeavors. Um, but we're very much at this pivotal in-between time now, though, where you know we don't have the public funding. Um, we it's one thing to, to privately fundraise for the day school, but to take it to that next level is just going to really involve a, a, a broader effort. Yeah, I mean, I can personally say that when I first, you know, met you and heard the mission and the goals that it was extremely compelling. And, um, you know, I just wanted to get involved any way I could. But I guess the question is for people who are listening, what's a good way to get involved as far as like um, philanthropy or volunteering? I mean, what's the best way for them to find you guys online and, and start that process? Yeah, we are always happy to have a conversation. Um, anyone who wants to learn more, whether they would like to make a donation, um, join the board, be a volunteer, be a mentor, just help to spread the word, get their company involved. There are so many ways of, of kind of being a part of this, um, this mission. So I think the best way is either to go to our website to learn mm -hmm. more, which is ryanbanksacademy.org, or to get in touch with me, so Valerie at ryanbanksacademy.org is my email. Um, I'm happy to have a conversation, um, get on a call, sit down for lunch with someone who wants to learn more. I also love to bring people down to the school, which is a really fun way for them to kind of see firsthand um, what's going on and to meet the kids and to see, you know, what we're really all about. 
at the school. And it's also really fun for us to bring visitors to the school because our kids benefit. It's so fun for our kids to kind of learn from different visitors and to see and learn about their, you know, career paths and lives as well. Next, I had a chance to sit down with some of the students and ask them about their experience at Ryan Banks Academy since enrolling in the school. I asked them what it was like in their previous schools. This is Malik. It was like a lot of like violence surrounded by the area, and it was like a lot of bad people, and I just need to get away from it. Hello, my name is Taj. It was like, let's see, it was a lot of kids. It was very crowded. Like if you go in the hallway when we're switching classes, it was just like so many people. Like, you could get lost. Uh, it was very, it had bad vibes, a little bit of bad vibes at the end, like eighth grade, seventh grade, because they used to have a lot of conflict there. So it was like more like arguing a lot and just not like doing work, just getting sent to the principal's office. It was a lot. It was just like people not getting along, and I want everybody to just be kind of nice to each other. My name's TJ. I used to live with my dad about three years ago, because I used to like go back and forth with my mom and my dad. But the reason that made me come here is because I used to get in trouble a lot, and I barely even did my work in class. I didn't know what to do because we would stay on one subject and move to a different subject the next day. So when I found when my grandma found this school, Brian Bates Academy, she said it would be a good way to start off the school year because since I've been here, it's been good. I've been getting a lot of work now, and my grades have been higher since they was. Um, my name is Noah. Um, in my opinion, it was horrible. Um, I guess that moving schools a lot was really one option. Um, I guess, like, it was like every other year or month I was moving to a different school. Um, then at my previous school, they were giving out bad grades for literally no reason. So I guess that's a bad thing. Well, I'm not guessing that's a bad thing, but that is very bad because it affects my record. And yeah, I don't want my record to be affected. I also wondered what challenges they face since enrolling at Ryan Banks Academy. Here's Malik again. Mm, well, there there has been a few challenges, you know, um, transportation-wise, um, just, um, you know, waking up at the right time um, and, like, you know, just making sure that I actually get here safely. Some days there's missed days, you know. Um, I oversleep, <laughs> of course. So, yeah. Here's Taj again. When the first challenge was like kind of getting to know everybody because I wasn't able to get to know everybody as much. But now it's just, it's all running smooth. All of the students I spoke to were eager to share what they liked so much about each school day at Ryan Banks Academy. Here's Malik again. 
well. Um, it's like more safe now. Um, I feel more comfort comforted. Um, I feel more safe and you know, it's easy to make friends here. So, you know, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of people to talk to and you know, it's just a good place to be. Yeah, like really a lot of things. So we have this thing, it's expiration, uh, Expirations Month. So, um, you know, we want to explore things that we want to ourselves and that we want to interact with more. And at my old school, there wasn't really a lot of things that we could do by ourselves. We would have to be like directed to do something, but like the subject wouldn't be as strong or as more like um, hands-on. So things in math class, like um, linear equations, if I said that right. <laughs> Um, you know, it's super easy to me. They go through, you know, simple steps to make sure that you're on task and that you understand it more. Here's Taj again. Oh, I like the attention you get because when you go to like a school like I went to, you don't get as much attention because so many kids and you can't put your focus on one, like one child at a time. So it's kind of, it's pretty cool because you get to learn more and get that one-on-one kind of context. Here's TJ again. Um, one of my favorite subjects is math because I'm really good at math and sometimes science because I like to do like hands-on things like chemistry and um, um, kinetic change. Uh, like what I like about math is everything because I'm good at everything like adding, subtracting, division, multiplication. Yeah, I could like, yeah, I take like a little bit of time on it but after that I'm like, I can get it done then faster than everybody. I also talked to an eighth grader named Kendall. I think humanities right now, because we learned about murder mysteries and they're actually really interesting. I didn't think it was going to be interesting. I thought it was going to be more, but it's actually very interesting. Here's Noah again. I guess the small environment is a big play. Um, I think that it's great to have a small environment because it's not a lot of people just running around and doing stuff. Um, like usually that would usually be happening and I don't know why um, because usually it would be like 30 kids in one classroom which I never understood um, because I was like before like I started going to CPS and Gary Gary Public Schools it was like at least seven only like 17 people um and then it started getting bigger for some reason, and it started confusing me, and then they started mixing in seventh graders, eighth graders. And uh, it was very weird, so I don't understand why, but I think a small environment is much better. Even if they mix the classes, it's not going to make, like, this big, huge class where you can't fit in the classroom. So the reason I think, like, it's not just the grades that I'm getting, um... And about becoming more of a moral person and um, having some respect around other people, um, I feel like it's like really shaping the students and um, really molding like what they aspire to be and what they see themselves in the future. So, While many of the students appreciate how small Ryan Banks Academy is, one thing Kendall misses about her old school is the large student body. Luckily for her, the school will add one grade per year until they have full 7th through 12th grades. It's not really a big school. 
it's a little school, so it's like it's not really like a lot of people and stuff. That's like the only thing that I miss is having like other than like fourteen kids here instead of you know I like having like big crowds of friends and it was like it was real different. Yeah, I like to have a bigger bigger you know class because sometimes it get a little annoying seeing the same people every day. So it's like yeah. And of course, I couldn't resist asking them to imagine what they'd like to be doing in fifteen years. Here's TJ again. Um, I'll do. I have my job would be banking because I I can count money real good. I did play the NBA because I still get money from playing the NBA and stuff. And like I can buy like my family a house and move them out the ghetto and stuff like that to make my family happy. Here's Noah again. Um, either I wanna I want to be. Like, three things that I wanted to be when I grow up was um, a mathematician, an actor, or an NBA player. That's, like, three main things that I wanted to do. Like, and when I was much younger, um, I wanted to be a police officer before I thought of any of these things. So, yeah. Here's Kendall again. I want to be in that company. I want to be, like, my own boss because I don't, I don't think I could work for somebody, but I can't work for nobody all my life. I want to be able to work for myself. I don't know yet, but I know I want to make some uh, change in the world. I don't know yet. I'm, I ain't thought that far ahead, though. Yeah, but I know I want to make change in the world. I really want to change our justice system. Our justice system not really as equal as it should be. And I want to change the way people live in. And I want to change a lot of stuff. But it's like, I want to change something first in my city first before I change the world. I want to change Chicago before I change the world. That's because it's where I'm from. Adam Mogilevsky is the lead humanities teacher at Ryan Banks Academy. And Michelle Singleton is the lead STEM teacher. They generously gave up some of their prep time to talk to me about their work there. Okay, um, so we were both teaching at a CPS school. And I was teaching science, high school science, mainly seniors and juniors. And I was teaching um, world history for ninth graders and U.S. history for sophomores, juniors, and seniors that didn't have their credit. (laughs) Just working in CPS, it's a different dynamic as far as support and resources. And so I think I was just looking for something where there was a little bit more backing and support from an administrative perspective to help teachers kind of work through and learn as they go, but giving them a little bit of autonomy at the same time. So I I guess I'm just saying I didn't have what I needed from an administrator in the past school that I was at. It's completely different. I think we're dealing with students who are definitely from the same dynamics that we came from. Um, From a CPS perspective, we just have them in the middle school aspect versus in high school. Um, But it's definitely different as far as the social emotional that the students receive here, um, how we're able to kind of see problems and tackle them while they're happening, finding solutions to those, those issues and working on them as it's happening and a collective team trying to make sure everyone is successful is what I appreciate in comparison to what I was experiencing before. Yeah, um, I would agree with that and add the fact that, like, yes, this work is super challenging and we're dealing with um, students that, you know, have a variety of traumas and a ton of things going on at home. Um, So the social-emotional learning aspect is something that we're consistently trying to be better practitioners of. but what I really appreciate is the small classroom dynamic because that's when you can actually evaluate and see growth in a variety of ways and assist students. So, 
a lot of issues. Yeah. But I, th- I think just in general, even if they don't have issues from their how they've grown up or home or anything like that, just children in general from a development concept need certain things within their development as far as education that even if it weren't this dynamic of children, this would still be something that would be necessary for any student um, that was just lacking in what I've seen in a public school setting. So, But if you want to go into detail, I think just dealing with how your emotions and your anger and your happiness and how to like find ways to work through that and being okay with those things, but also making sure you're making the best decisions for you and the people around you. I would say in terms of specific challenges, I think for us, we are a small school. We are a staff of three. Um, So sometimes we experience like the consistent, like running around, trying to get everything done um, and make sure people are where they're supposed to be. Um, But of course, you know, as we're growing, we will grow in our staff. Um, but at the moment, I think we we are doing good by our children. Uh, but as we grow, I, I would like to see us being able to have more individuals on board. So that way we can do things like have like that group therapy session or, you know, consistently do that um, practice of compass, which is our social emotional learning program. Um, so I, I would say that, that that's a big one. But I think... You know, Michelle is right in terms of like, we are working with students that are very vulnerable and us as teachers, you know, we have to be very like quick to know what our students need in the moment, which in a typical CPS school could be the case, but um, we are, we are doing our best to try and like get it together in a sense that we are constantly communicating with them. We're constantly meeting with them. We're constantly talking like every single day there is something, um, which is okay. Cause you know, that's why we're here. But, um, you know, it, it's helping, I, I would say our toolbox as educators because, you know, interpersonal skills and, and working amongst lines of difference is definitely, uh, something that we, um, will benefit from in the future. With all of the stress of this job, I asked Adam and Michelle what they do to recharge and take care of themselves after each school day. So it's kind of like it's a career or job that you get into that you don't realize kind of what the dynamics are until you start doing it. And you're like, oh, I need to actually find some things to do for myself because this can be very exhausting and tiring. And a lot of times I like... I just try to make sure I keep a core friend group because I tell people um, I've just been talking to kids all day. Like I need some adult conversation with someone so that I can like get my brain out of this. And sometimes I just literally like to sit home and not talk. <laughs> um, and Or, you know, I've been trying to eat healthier, meditate. All of that sounds great in theory. Just the practice is a little bit harder. So that's something I'm still trying to figure out as far as taking care of myself. But it's very important. Yeah. And I mean, there are studies that show that like um, a lot of educators, right, they experience anything from like serious depression to seasonal depression while they're teaching. Um, and they take on a lot of the brunt um, trauma that our kids experience. And so, you know, I, you know, I, I've had that experience too. And I, I think part of it is finding a game plan of like what you need to do. And so I think part of the benefit of having a supportive administrator, someone like Audrey, um, come in and just, you know, have meditation with us sometimes, or just like check in on us, um, and just be real, I think is helpful because it's not a system where it's like, when I was in CPS, it almost felt like transactional, 
Um, and here it's not that. And so I think like, depending on who you are, right. If you want to do therapy, I think that's helpful. Um, but you know, part of it is having those systems in place so that teachers don't have that emotional fatigue, um, that they experience usually in the first like five years of their teaching. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of little moments that sometimes are hard to, um, you know, at, at moments you don't think that you're going to get there. So, for instance, of course, you're dealing with students who don't know you at the beginning of the school year, who have no type of relationship with you, and you're an adult that's coming in and telling them to trust you without giving them anything. And so in the beginning, it's a, it's a lot of tug and pull, which is what it was. And I think now coming in and gaining that trust on both ends from them and from me, um, that we now have been able to get to a point where it's an actual relationship and we're learning and we're moving past it, seeing the growth in their scores, seeing them enjoying spending time in the class and learning. I think those are the moments where I'm like, okay, I guess this is pretty good. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think adding in the fact that, you know, for us, Right. Building those relationships can be difficult, as we have seen. Um, but there's been multiple rewarding moments. And I mean, from the beginning of this year to like now, I have seen growth in our kids, which wouldn't probably be readily available for them in CPS. Um, so, yes, there are definitely some rewarding moments. This this experience has been worth it, um, especially for me, who's had like different experiences in education from like public schools, rural schools, urban schools. So there's just there's just so much there. Um, but I think this experience has definitely opened my eyes to like a further understanding of, you know, what transformational education could be. I think the sweetest moments are when they're checking in on each other. Yeah. So when one student is clearly something is wrong, everyone's like, are you okay? What's happening? What's going on? Yeah. Not even from a teacher perspective, but the students catch it quicker than we do when they're so quick to right. come in and like show that love support that that student may need at the time. Yeah, it's, it is a very close-knit community of kids. During a busy school day, I had a chance to sit down with Audrey Hampton, the founding head of school of Ryan Banks Academy. So you're the founding head of school for I Ryan am. Banks Academy. And I was just wondering if you could tell us kind of where you were before. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Um, so I have worked at two boarding schools and two day schools around the country. Um, so most recently I was at a boarding school in uh, the Boston area. I moved here to Chicago to take this opportunity. Um, I've worked mm -hmm. in very privileged environments. So working with students um, as well as boarding schools and private schools that are very costly, you know, $60,000 a year to attend. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always wanted to work with students who grew up like me, looked like me. Um, but how do those two worlds kind of merge? Because I love the independent school world. Um, and so when Ryan Banks came about, it really was the merge of the student population I want to work with, but mm -hmm. staying in a private school um, kind of educational system. So sure. Like so there are, fit. there are kids you felt like really needed um, social emotional support might be living in a challenging situation in their life. And there was that element, but then you got kind of the the small class size, kind of the supportive leadership that you would find in an independent school typically. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when I say independent school, just really meaning you can be responsive to the students in ways that a lot of public schools or even charter schools can't really um, necessarily account for or, or mm -hmm. be towards the students. You can also be really cr uh, creative with your curriculum and instruction. Um, and so I love that aspect of 
of private schools and independent mm-hmm. school world. Um, and for Ryan Banks, especially, we're able to focus um, time and significant time on the social emotional development for our students um, that you may not be able to find in like your traditional public school kind of setting. Mm-hmm. So how did you hear about Ryan Banks and how did you end up? I know it's such a crazy story because I don't really remember. Uh, I think I was searching the Internet, just looking at boarding schools in the Midwest or something or another. Um, but I reached out to uh, Valerie Gross our CEO and founder, just to say, hey, I think I'm moving to Chicago. Um, I've worked in boarding schools. If you need some volunteers or just want to bounce a few ideas around, I'm willing to like volunteer, consult, mm-hmm. do whatever you need, never thinking I they were even opening because at that time it didn't say when they were thinking about becoming a school. It was just really an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't really looking for a job within the school, but she and I had a couple of conversations. Um, they ended up needing a head of school role and I kind of just fit the bill, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right place at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what has been, you know, so compared to these schools where um, the socioeconomics were so much higher, what are some of the challenges with uh, the student population here and your work as the head? Yeah, there's so many. Um, so many that I think I underestimated um, just because I grew up in similar neighborhoods. I grew up in Atlanta, went to Atlanta public schools, similar um, economic Um, type of neighborhood. But their trauma is something that I think I underestimated how significant uh, their issues are, whether that's um, violence that they've experienced, whether they've witnessed, um, you know, gun violence in their neighborhood, um, incarceration of family members. Um, Also, most of my students coming from a single family home, uh, primarily a single mother home, so not having fathers in their lives, just a whole list of instability within their household, income, parents. um, And so all of those dynamics play out every single day here um, Mm -hmm. with our students. And I don't think it's something that... um, I really understood as well as I do now with um, some of our students who weren't doing well in their last school because they couldn't sit in the class and focus. They were trying to make jokes all the time and how that's just a defense mechanism for so much more social, emotional issues that are happening and not just, um, you know, what some people think, oh, they just don't care about school. They're just, you know, it really has, it's really a deeper um, factor that's kind of playing into what we see uh, every mm-hmm. single day. Um, so that's been been a challenge for sure. So you guys, I mean, so in addition to all of the difficult things and rewarding things about teaching, you guys are really dealing with like socio-emotional issues. Um, that is that kind of front-loaded at the beginning of the day, kind of checking in with them mm-hmm. and seeing what what in their, you know, um, the, the rest of their life might be affecting their schoolwork or how they're feeling or yep, each day. Exactly. So every single morning we do morning check-in um, at 8.30. And most of the days it's just give me one word. How is everyone feeling this morning? Um, really taking the temperature of the room and of mm-hmm. the students. Um, and you get a very good sense of who has had a bad night, who's Mm -hmm. had issues, where today's going to be maybe difficult. Um, You get a sense of, oh, everyone's happy today. They're going to be really, you know, amped up today. Um, So it really is a helpful time to just check in. I will also say that 
on Mondays, you know, checking in from the weekend, like what what happened over the weekend was what was something great? What was something that wasn't so great? Um, because we know that there's a lot of things that happen when they're not in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so always checking in about what what was that like over this past weekend? Um, we do meditation in the mornings as well mm-hmm. um, in their classrooms to just try and center them, get them to breathe and focus on what they need to accomplish every day. Sure. So um, are there like, you guys are midway through the second year of the school. So are there any, cons- I mean, what are the things that you feel like, you know, the school needs? Like you guys, um, you know, kind of being around during this process, you know, I knew it was like staffing, then recruiting students. And then, you know, you guys have been, you know, in this current location f- f- for this whole, you know, year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. So what are the, some of the needs that you still see or some of the areas you'd like to see the school grow into? Yeah, so many. But I mean, so right now we are operating as a day school. Our ultimate goal is to become a boarding school. Um, and so that is the next step for us. Mm-hmm. We know that if we can make our students' life safe, stable, supportive 24 mm-hmm. hours a day, that their academic ability would shoot and skyrocket to the next level. Um, and so that's always the next goal. The next thing mm-hmm. that we're working on is how do we help our students, not just in the eight hours that they're kind of here with us, but how do mm-hmm. we do that full wraparound service with them? Um, and so that is the next goal, trying to find a permanent location for us to then be able to build out our residential um, program for our students. Mm-hmm. That's in the very near future. Um, and so with all of that, of course, we we need more staff to be able to support those things. Um, and then recruitment, you know, that is still something that's ongoing. That's still a mm-hmm. challenge um, for various different reasons. Um, but we're always looking for new students as well. So the plan is you guys have grown from seventh to eighth mm-hmm. with adding new seventh graders and you guys are going to add new a new grade as you grow. Yep. Um, so essentially we'll be seventh, eighth and ninth. So our eighth graders will move to ninth. Um, we'll have another recruitment class for seventh grade, mm-hmm. um, but we will be adding to those eighth and ninth grade levels too. Okay. And so is there any plan to go all the way through high school or? Yes. So our ultimate goal is to become a 7th through 12th school. So our founding class will be our first graduating class in 2024. Wow, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So any like just like moments where, I mean, I know this has been really challenging. Um, I mean, you're moving to a new city. You're taking on a new role and a new role for the school, not just like a role that you're taking your predecessor and just Mm -hmm. running with what they were doing and creating more momentum. But I mean, are, are there... That just moments that really shine through to you where this is like all worth it. Yeah, every day, five minutes ago, you know, when I get to see the kids just laugh and have fun and Mm -hmm. be kids, it's so worth it. Those are the moments um, because many of them will tell you to find those happy moments can be difficult. Mm -hmm. But I know when I see true joy in them, um, it's because they feel safe here. They feel like we're a family. Um, and so those are the moments that I'm saying what I'm doing is working. Um, and those are probably the best moments, even compared to taking their map in WA map scores and getting a higher score. And we're all happy about that. But those moments of pure joy and fun and laughter, um, and then those moments when they're really kind to each other, Mm -hmm. um, are, you know, makes me feel really good and fuzzy inside too. So. Thank you for listening to the Depth and Light podcast. 
I would like to extend a special thanks to everyone at Ryan Banks Academy. If you would like to donate to Ryan Banks Academy or volunteer, go to ryanbanksacademy.org. I'll also put that link in the show notes.